0: Welcome to our very first episode of Pajaritos, a Chicago Latinx theater podcast. My name is Daniel B. Esquivel, and I am your host. Today we have a very special guest, but I'll let them take care of the introductions.
1: Hey, hi, my name is Avi Roque, and my pronouns are they, them, theirs.
0: Avi is an incredibly talented Latinx, gender queer, gender-nonconforming, non-binary, trans actor, artist, and human, with acting credits from all over Chicago, from Steppenwolf, to American Theatre Company, to Writers' Theatre, to The Goodman, to Teatro Vista, to Collaboration. They have experienced so many roles in so many walks of life that their experiences are truly invaluable and something that we're honored to have here on the podcast. So... Without further ado, here is Pajaritos.
1: la la fiesta Team, mano, está not I
0: First of all, congratulations on uh, your casting in The Crucible at Seven Wolf. Really, truly, it's an amazing piece of text. It's one of the classics. The opportunity to deliver the piece for young audiences is something that's really intriguing. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Good. Good. So let's get started. Tell me about the first production uh, you
1: were ever involved in. Sure, that would be in sixth grade. Something, something called me to say, <laughs> I'm going to be in the drama program I decided to audition for the play which was much ado about nothing then I ended up getting like called back for Benedict I mean obviously at the time in sixth grade I was still like female identified I was still using she her hers and like all that stuff another time another story maybe we'll get into it today I don't know <laughs> um but so I got cast as Benedict and. That was the first time I got to be on a stage in a show and essentially experience this escape almost i think it was kind of an opportunity to step out of my reality and my world also this was a male identified character which like do 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 like you know (laughs) i don't know cool yeah so that would be the first production i ever did and it's about um belonging i think i was still trying to find a community i think i was still trying to find a place where i felt like i belonged Not to make that sound so cliche, but (laughs) I mean, I think I was trying to find a sense of community and that presented that to me. Can you talk a little bit about your training? What did you think was the most effective thing Mm -hmm. during your education? Of course. My acting teacher or, or professor and director in high school was great and really served as a mentor. She was also, she was Latina, which was great. So I think there was something about her seeing something in me my teacher in high school did take me under her wing and really prepped me for these college auditions and did what she could. Then college happens, but you, you know, set bars really high for yourself and you're like, I'm going to apply to all these big name universities and like do these auditions. And who knows, (laughs) maybe you get it, maybe you don't. That's, That's when I first experienced rejection within the industry, was auditioning and applying to big-name universities and theater programs and not getting into any of them. I had to go to my backup school, which was California State University Fullerton, which still had a strong theater and dance program. It was a blessing in disguise as I continue to have that theme in my life. Um, (laughs) You enter in that program as a BFA hopeful. Everyone's going in and saying, okay, what track do you want, acting or musical theater? So I was on an acting track. So I got all these classes, took all this, got all this training, and then at the end of your freshman year, you would audition, or they called it a jury. They decide whether or not you're going to continue on. I passed the first cut and then got the rest of second year training and then sophomore year at the end, that's your final jury to decide whether or not you're going to get your BFA. My second rejection. (laughs) So I didn't make it through to get my BFA. So I mentioned that blessing in disguise because what it did was open me up to other areas of theater and other areas because I was also in the honors program. So I got to do like a final project there. Honestly, I'm, if I'm looking at my college journey, it was very interesting. I'm in Orange County, California. The demographic actually is way wider. And I was one of the few Latinx people within that school and in that program. And I remember having a conversation with One of my professors, this professor said, well, you know, we just didn't know how to cast you as a lead. And that BFA's were guaranteed leads in their main stage productions. These people and professors are saying we're picking the best of the best. Again, that's an opinion. And, you know, I was salty and I was bitter and I was hurt, but I forced myself to find the positive because I was definitely not going to let that break me down and it was not gonna be the end for me. So having this resilience, something that's very ingrained in me. I just felt like it helped me realize like, one, I'm gonna keep doing this because I want to, I need to, and also grateful for that idea of like, when someone's telling me, no, you can't do this. Then I'm like, whoa, (laughs) okay. It pushed me to say, no, let me prove you wrong professors were still like receptive to me like I didn't think people were like you're not talented maybe I wasn't ready to accept my and step into my greatness and also like my personal life I was still very like confused about sexuality at first at that time like I was dealing with other personal things you know so sometimes those things just needed to be nurtured so I was prioritizing that
0: no I think it's fantastic (laughs) because you're your training isn't necessarily about what's theater, because this is such a cutthroat industry that you have to take time for yourself. Really discover who you are and mm-hmm. to develop this sense of resilience is, is
1: invaluable. Absolutely. Right before graduating, I had this idea. It wasn't a, like a solid like decision, but it was the idea of like, I'm already in Southern California, I'll just move to LA. I'll just do that. But something in me was like, I don't feel prepared for L.A. And plus, L.A. is very much on camera, right? Very TV, film, and commercial. And then you just also have that picture that people paint of L.A., of the certain energies and vibes there. So then I don't think I was entirely sold on subjecting myself to the L.A. Hollywood scene. On the flip side, well what other city would you do acting New York? It just didn't feel like something accessible to me to say I'm gonna go to New York and just do it because I'm human. I think there was still fear of like, one, moving on to the opposite end of the coast <laughs> and not knowing anybody. And I did have another one-on-one with another acting professor and I really valued and trusted their professional opinion and I was just like, be honest with me, Like, where do you maybe see me like fitting? in all of this, because I don't want to give up. I don't want to not keep fighting to be an actor. And then she ended with talking about Chicago, and I was like, Chicago? What's, (laughs) okay. Um, And she was like, there's so many opportunities out there, and you'll get work like that. And I was like, okay, cool. And I moved in with my sister. Um, We got a new apartment and everything like that, and so I've been building myself since. (laughs) I think because I knew that I was moving to a city for a purpose. And so beforehand, I started doing a lot of research, as much as I could, as far as Chicago theaters, auditions, go to the websites of theaters, and I would read their mission statements. And I would say, ooh, is this someplace I want to work? Yeah. I had one connection through About Face Theater, and they kind of got me involved with uh, volunteering at About Face Theater. And then I was actively going on auditions. I had a plan. And I said, I was determined and I stuck with it until I was building connections and making a network for myself. A lot of that sounds like a cookie cutter plan, but I think it's also where your mind is at, like, and how you're thinking, what energy you're putting into things. And again, that that drive. And the more and more I was doing things, the more people I was meeting. And then my network started to expand and then people started to say, oh, who are you? And then I ended up, self-submitting to something at the goodman and then they brought me in and i was like cool because i wasn't represented yet and whoa that was fun and like um, surprising but and there's a funny story about the goodman in my <laughs> theater management class in college we had to choose a theater and we had to share a little bit about the theater so I felt like I planted a seed there because I chose Goodman. And then they invited me to be in New Stages workshop production um, of Mother Road by Octavio Solis. And I think coming to Chicago, I wanted to plant seeds. And seeing that like I planted a seed beforehand and then carried that idea and that principle with me, tried to keep feeding and watering this plant and this seed, and then like eventually like it grew into this thing of, and there we go. And like, <laughs> um... So that, that was a big turning point, I think, for me in terms of my career and now how I was starting to value myself. Yeah. Would you say anything to those professors that rejected you? Oh, uh, no, I mean, you know, forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing that... It was interesting, though, because I remember some of, the, some of the professors saying at a picnic, like, after graduation, like, hey, if actually, you know, if anyone's gonna make it, like, we we think it's gonna be you. And, like, that was, like, a nice thing to be like, yeah, you rejected me, and, oh, now you... (laughs) Now you're like, you know what? You're gonna be okay. We know you're gonna be just fine. I know no one was out to hurt me. I know no one was trying to, like, oppress me or push me down. I mean, maybe with that comment about, like, we don't know how to cast you as a lead. That sounds slightly problematic. But at the same time I felt like the professors that did care about me like and were invested in me okay that's fine so if anything I'm I'm grateful so thank you <laughs> 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 because yeah why why am I going to hold resentment it gave me something to look at and something to challenge it gave me a challenge and so I accepted that
0: you are a really big name actor and performer and something that I think is really important to discuss for representation: mm-hmm. the fact that you're gender non-conforming, yeah. What's that like to work in this industry? Uh, mm-hmm. That's you know seated in institutions <laughs> of oppression mm-hmm. of patriarchal Mm -hmm. expectations what's it like to defy those
1: absolutely so first moving out here i was still going by my birth name and still being female identified which was an interesting thing to experience in a new city being a new actor and i felt like i really need to buy into this female this latina this this stereotype of a a thing that I felt like people were were expecting from me. That within itself was like just doubly uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, One, just like the the stereotype behind what was expected, and then two, being so uncomfortable in my body and being so uncomfortable with myself that I felt like I did try really hard to like commit to that, but it was always a performance. It was always this act, it was never authentic, it was never true. So here I am listening and hearing people say, when you gotta be yourself, you just gotta be yourself. Well, how can I be myself when I don't know what that is because I don't feel like there's a place for me? And I don't feel like this industry or the world has, has made room for me to be myself. I would say two years ago, yeah, I think two years ago, <laughs> um, I felt like there started to be a shift within myself and also like me being exposed more and introduced more to the like queer arts scene here in Chicago that started to provide me with words and language, other ways of existing, and that it wasn't just as binary, that it was a spectrum. And that also helped me. It was a slow kind of process of first learning about pronouns. So it's not just she, her, hers, or he, him, his, and actually many different ways that someone can refer to themselves or But the one that I attached to was they, them, theirs. And that was something that I was like, oh, that does help me feel like, okay. At first it started as me saying, yeah, gender neutral. And that was the first kind of term and word that I grasped onto and said, yeah, okay. I'm not a woman. I'm not a man. I'm not a female. I'm not male. So, okay. I'm like in the middle of the spectrum (laughs) of the continuum. I'm in the middle. But then it evolved into saying, oh, wait, but I feel like much more a sense of comfort on the masculine end of the spectrum and what that is in terms of how I present. And so changes started happening with, I don't know, not traditional, but like men's clothing and like that being like all I'm wearing into my hair. The hair kept getting shorter and shorter. It was just this like transformation. And then I felt like there was still a disconnect. There was still the name. Names are very important. It's so closely tied to our sense of self and our identity. So I was struggling a lot, even though my birth name, beautiful name, if anything, it felt like it was really hurting me. And I feel like that's been a lot of this journey of discovery of self has been like, when am I going to stop hurting myself and torturing myself? But I chose a name and this name fit and this name is empowering and it's beautiful. It's amazing. I got it legally changed, which is even better because still felt like I was still performing like, oh, this is just my preferred stage name, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 no. So luckily, Transformative Justice Law Project, wonderful organization, helped me with that process. Now it's like, it feels good. I mean, the only thing that doesn't feel good right now is the gender marker, that sex, that F or M. Everything still on my legal document still says F, which is another thing causes great anxiety. But, one day. And then from gender neutrality, it started to become like gender nonconforming and non-binary. And then the word transgender and trans. You know, there's another gender nonconforming actor that I met doing auditions kind of invited me to this private Facebook group, Chicago Trans Actors. You have to be added. If there are any like trans actors that are listening to this and you wanna be a part of that group, add me on Facebook and, and I'll add you into the group and we'll be friends. So then it started like, again, meeting other trans actors, gender non conforming, non binary, gender queer. And there's this thing now that's like, I want people to know. So, which is why being visible as an actor, an educator, and as an artist, as an, an activist in a way, it's. I'm feeling more whole than I ever have. I don't want people to get it wrong. <laughs> like, I want people to, to see me and affirm me and respect me. And so I feel. I've needed to make that known within the industry and the acting world. I had to do those changes, but it was beautiful how everyone transitioned almost smoothly with me. People just took it and made the changes and the adjustments. But being now where I'm at has brought different challenges. (laughs) So now here I am affirming my authentic self Implementing that into the industry, into acting has been now a thing of like, okay, because everything's still very set in the binary, even if I am going in for trans roles, because so much of this industry is sometimes about look, do I read femme? Do I read mask? Do I read androgynous? So it's hard to be like still so typed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's helpful to have the support. And if anything, I have tremendous support right now, and I forget that sometimes because sometimes I feel so lost and I feel like I don't have anyone and I feel very alone. And I have to then take a step back and say, "Oh wait, no every every people are cheering me on." <laughs> you know, it's okay. But being visible comes with its uh, its hardships and comes with the exhaustion. So sometimes it is like we talked about taking care of yourself is very important and needing to like take a step back sometimes to work on yourself because so badly i just want to keep pushing through in my career but career can't be everything <laughs> it can't just be be that because i don't feel like i would thrive as much if i wasn't taking care of myself it's like i want to be vocal invisible but at the same time sometimes i i want to just run away and hide and I know how important being offering representation to the world on all levels because not only are we talking about my transness and this trans identity this gender non-conforming identity but like the inevitable factor of the color of my skin too I am Latinx identified and that that just brings another thing into the picture
0: and the intersectionality, intersectionality
1: absolutely then I'm kind of like working with that in the industry because Still seeing, like, even though trans stories and narratives are coming into light, I'm still seeing a white lens over most of it, if not all of it. And so... Like, I just feel like I've coined this term. I don't know if I coined it. But like, <laughs> no, I feel doubly othered. Theaters are like, okay, let's cast this trans person and diverse. Yay, we're diverse. Look at us being diverse. Mm-hmm. Make them a white trans person because like if we throw in any other thing into the mix, into the pot, like we're going to like confuse our audiences. and We don't want <laughs> our audiences to, I don't know. I'm making this up. <laughs> but, you know, but I guess that's kind of what I see just because I, I keep seeing the white trans stories kind of being more prevalent or exposed you know and it hurts because here I am being like where's someone that I can look up to like I need (laughs) someone to look up to like who's someone that I can aspire to like be and 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 I'm like oh wait I think I'm that for someone Mm. (laughs) and I think that's part of my journey and that's part of why I'm here now that you,
0: you've you become this artist, you've yes. become this person yes. to aspire to, what would you think a younger you <laughs> would think of that? What do you think that you'd be able to say to a younger you? Mm-hmm. I know this question is like yeah. super cliche. No, it,
1: no, I love all these questions. Because then here's my cliche answer. Like, I, know, <laughs> I never. I never thought I would be somebody that's offering a voice and offering representation, and someone that anyone would be interested in. If anything, though, I think what my younger self needed to hear—a cliche again, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, no. But like, you—you you needed, I, little Avi, <laughs> um, that you are loved, and that everything you're doing is right. <laughs> And that you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Everything's gonna be okay. And that um you're just gonna be a stronger, bigger, better you <laughs> one day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna make me cry. That's really beautiful. Okay, cool.
0: This is the part of our podcast where we do a little bit of housekeeping. First of all, we would like to thank you personally for listening to this podcast. This is a brand new project from the Alliance of Latinx Theater Artists in Chicago. Alta Chicago for short. And your support is really what keeps us going. If you like this episode, please subscribe to this podcast and get updates whenever we post a new episode. Please also consider leaving a review for the podcast. And please, please tell your friends about us. We don't pay for advertising. You are our only resource for that. And word of mouth is always better than those annoying Instagram ads anyway. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Me Sebastián, a queer Chilean musician who lent us their song La Fiesta for the use of our theme song. Check out La Fiesta and his other music on iTunes or wherever you listen to your music. At the end of each episode... We leave time for our guests to talk about whatever they think you need to know. Today, Avi is sharing
1: a performance that I'll let them introduce. I'm exploring a lot of solo performance work right now. The bulk of the theme of what I'm writing about is closely tied to my exploration of identity and how I stand in the world. Anyways, this is a piece I I wrote. It has song, usually underscored by music, but I wrote this piece to perform for an opening act for a show that I helped create and devise called Transformation and um, with Nothing Without a Company and the Living Canvas it was, the purpose of that piece was to feature all of these trans stories and then cast trans people (laughs) to tell those stories
0: and here is Avi with Embrace in Between
1: Stop freeze hug squeeze breathe stop freeze hug squeeze breathe my therapist told me to give myself hugs every day and that self-esteem is my best friend but there continues to be an ongoing battle to believe in myself in my worth, and that battle is fought almost every day. Even behind my smiles, my positive attitude, and my bright light, I hide. I hide. I hide? Ah 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 ah. This is me confiding that I'm tired of hiding between two posts, two pillars, sacrificing the person I know myself to be for the world's comfort, for society's pleasure. Stop. Freeze. Hug. Squeeze. Breathe. Sometimes You need to stop and question. I stopped and questioned, and I continue to question. Break, 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 break. The body I was born in was clearly a mistake, stake, stake, stake. The old version has to be erased, raced, raced, raced. Scrape off these dried up drips of paint, 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 paint this body was once a masterpiece that rang true but now i need a blank canvas something brand new sit back peel back unwrap layer upon layer assuming you know who i am do you know who i am sir ma'am sir ma'am sir Ma'am, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Language, words, labels, words that do not apply. Language and labels that do not comply. Gendering to only misgender over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. It's a process to progress, but some days it feels like I'm making a mess, I confess. Some days it feels like I'm making a mess, I confess. Wanna get to the root of what's good and true. I want to live my life for me, not for you. Take a look and see, take a look and see. Invisible no more, visibility is key. Stop. Freeze. Hug. Squeeze. Breathe. My trans is not your trans. Your trans is not mine. Your journey is your journey. My journey is mine. And like with any transformation, that shit takes some time. Finding love. Finding love my love. Love for me, love for me, love for me, love for me. Stop. Freeze. Hug. Squeeze. Breathe. Adentro no lo está, afuera no está. Adentro no lo está, afuera no está. Adentro.